Hey, what's up, Nabra family? You are now tuned in to Nabra Talk, the most culture-shifting podcast of our generation. I'm your host, Gene the Genius. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow the Nabra Talk page on Instagram and Twitter for all the latest updates. And without further ado, let's begin. Now, when I was a young boy, um, I was raised by both of my parents for about the first 12 and a half years of my life. Um, At some point, I started to see a lot of dysfunction between my parents, and it became a regular instance. So it drove my father out of the house. So by that time, I was about 13 years old, right? So before all that happened, I always thought I had a normal family because I had both my parents. You know, I always thought a normal family included a mother and a father. But there were so many toxic behaviors that I never noticed it as a child because I always thought as long as I had both parents, I had a normal family, right? So it wasn't until I got a little older and realized even when I had both parents, so many things were still missing. I grew up watching a lot of like family oriented shows like the Cosby's, um, Full House, Family Matters. George Lopez, you know, those were some of my favorite shows that revolved around family traditions and family upbringing and stuff like that. So when I always watched those shows, I wondered, I was like, how come my family can't be like that? I always ask myself, like, um, or I always I always tell myself, like, when I get a family, it's going to be something like this. Right. So I enjoy those shows. Right. Because they always symbolize family. See, where I come from, most of our families, we aren't predicated on showing love and affection. Um, we're, we're conditioned to obey or there will be consequences that follow, right? We're, we're, um, we're, we're raised to just listen, do as I say, not as I do. So that was heavy in the household as well. So, um, that, that's, so that's what, uh, you know, we've, we've been trained to do in some households and i know a lot of like caribbeans can can uh understand where i'm coming from right so we were you know we we were taught when you come into a room you say hello to everyone um adults and everything like that so if you come into a room and a friend or if an adult comes into the room you uh you say hello to them kiss them on the cheek you do all that right also push to become Doctors, lawyers, pastors, engineers, nurses, all those things. They push us to do those things, right? Uh, we don't we aren't we aren't given many choices in certain fa- in certain households because um we are at the, at some point we become their uh they become our in some way our masters because it's more so about what they want out of us and not what not what we want for ourselves, right? So some of us, you know, our parents did a lot for us, right? Our parents, now I'm not saying our parents were wrong in many instances. What I'm saying is a lot, they do a lot of, you know, they sometimes they, they, they weren't in their lives, they weren't conditioned or they weren't taught, you know, a certain way of upbringing, right? And I'm going to get to that and why that was, you know, why that, that, and I'm going to talk about why it happened to be that way. So um, our parents, they did, you know, they did all the important stuff. They put clothes on our backs. They put a roof over our heads. They uh, put uh, food on the table for us. Um, they put us in school. Um, you know, they did all the, the, the general 
things that a parent is supposed to do. But there were a lot of things missing in between, right? So a lot of our parents, they never taught us openness. So they weren't they were never open with us. They just told us what to do and and, and that's it. They never explained why we shouldn't do it. Well, sometimes they did, but they never gave them they never gave us their experiences, right? They were never open. Um, a lot of the times they weren't honest. Um, uh, they also did not trust us, uh, which is a big problem. Um, self-confidence. They never showed us how to be self-confident um, and they never really showed us real love. Right. So it's all about do, it's all about do this, do this, do this, or there will be consequences. Um, they were more about they, they were more of our uh, how do you say I say they were more of a. Um, again, I don't know any other word to use, but a master rather than just a typical parent. So my parents, they never really showed me. And so w when I grew up, I never seen affection between both my parents. And I found, I felt like that was one of the most awkward things. Never really seen affection. I never seen my parents hug. I never seen my parents kiss each other. I never seen them. I never, uh, witnessed either of them say that they love each other. And that was very strange to me. Since a child, I always peeped out. I was like, "What is? Why? Why is it so hard for y'all to display your love in front of your kids?" I don't, and I never, I don't even think they even did it behind us, right? So now I look at, um, now that I look at it, I've dealt with previous, uh, the way I've dealt with previous relationships and friendships. It comes from a lot of the ways that I've seen, um, uh, my parents deal with it, um, growing up. So it took me a few times to realize those methods that I was practicing weren't effective because I was losing important people in my life, right? So what I'm getting to you, what I'm getting at today is basically um, generational uh, dysfunctions, generational curses um, in our families, right? So everything that I just discussed to you guys, those are the issues that I've uh, had to deal with and I'm still working on and dealing with to this day and I'm learning how to fix them and prepare for them for my own family so um, we're going to talk about so today we're going to talk about generational curses generational um, restraints and how we can uh, resolve them how we can change them in order for us to progress in our families and to progress in society as a whole right so first what are generational curses? I asked this question on Instagram. So uh, you can follow Talk at N-A-B-R-U-H-T-A-L-K. Whenever we post things like that, you want to get into the conversation, right? So I asked it on Instagram and one of our followers, a good friend of mine, um, Joy, shout out to Joy. You can follow her at J-O-Y dot M-O-N-A-E, um, Joy Monet. Uh, she said a, a generational curse is a spiritual leash. A set of chains keeps being recycled into the next generation. It's a mindset that needs to change. Um, her example was family divorces. So that's something she is she's experienced. She's gone through and she has to be very mindful of um, before she creates her own generational family. Um, also another good friend of ours, Salonia, shout out to Salonia. She's been on this show f a few times, uh, trust the drip. You can follow her. Uh, she said it's a result of passed down behaviors and her issues in her family, in her generations was education. So my take on generational curses, right? Pretty similar to the two responses that I got. 
Um, a generational curse can be a mul- can be multiple things: broken homes, abusive behaviors, lack of uh, financial practice like debt, uh, can't save money, always spending, uh, the need for power, greed, selfishness, communication, racism, hate, envy. These are traits that are passed down from our ancestors. Many of us never take the note of it, never take note of it because we believe that's just the way we're we're raised, right? So part of breaking generational curses include knowing you're in one and understanding it's a spiritual imbalance. Breaking a generational curse is not about you, but more so about your family and the generations after you. So you can't do it by yourself. Um, and so, yeah, like, so you can't do it by yourself. You must allow God to guide you. Now, I know a lot of you guys aren't spiritual people. I know a lot of you guys do not believe in God, and that's perfectly fine, but I'll be 100 with you. You will have a lot of problems, and you will deal with a lot if you continue that. I'm just going to keep it real. That's just my honest opinion. You do not have to agree with me. You will always have spiritual imbalances. You always have generational curses as long as you feel like there is no God, as long as you feel like there is no spiritual world out there. But that's for another day. Now, let's talk about broken homes. What what includes a broken home? Right. Broken homes, again, comes in different ways. Right. You can have abusive parents that can be in a, a broken home. Right. You can have both parents and it still be a broken home because one parent can be the one who is taking the abuse while the other one is doing the abuse. Right. You can a broken home also can include a one parent home where usually the father is not uh, is not present. Or sometimes the mother is not present. A broken home also inclu- also includes the the communic- where the communication is not circulating. So when communication is not circulating in the house, that means you guys aren't talking to each other. Uh, excuse me. You guys are not involved in each other's lives, right? And that means you don't know how to handle confrontation. You don't know how to listen to each other. You seek to hurt instead of trying to heal. So communication is a very, 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 very pivotal component in broken homes because most of the time homes never get fixed because no one wants to listen. Homes never get fixed because everyone is still out to hurt each other and you can't do that. So um, before you try to do anything else, uh, you should always try to figure out how to communicate with your loved ones and your family, the, the ones in your house, because again, um, you have to know how someone deals with confrontation. You have to know your best strengths and your weaknesses when it comes to confrontation. Um, some of that just includes knowing when to give somebody space, knowing when to give somebody time to heal, knowing when it's okay to discuss, right? Knowing when to apologize, knowing when, knowing when you've gone too far, right? All of those things are important. So you, the best people to know in this world is your loved ones, is your family, Right. The next thing is the lack of trust amongst family members. You should trust your family. You should trust your brothers, your sisters, your mother, your father, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles. You should trust them. But a lot of the times, um, I'll give you I'll give you my experiences of the lack of trust. So me growing up, uh, my mother never trusted me as a guy. Right. So um, it could be anywhere I'm going. I could be going to like uh, especially when I after high school. I would just go to my friend's house. I'd be going to like um, little events here and there. But for some reason, my mother always thought that I was out selling drugs. I don't know where that idea came from, but that was the lack of trust that she had in me. 
Um, I don't know where she got that from, but that that re- that result, whatever she experienced, she's not putting that placing that on me. So there's a, this lack of trust in the house, right? And that do, that does a lot. Where now I'm going now in some in most cases when you don't trust your child, you don't trust your son, your daughter. What it leads to is now he has to he's gonna feel like no one trusts trust him right him or her and when he goes into a relationship or he's going you know usually it's now he's going walking into a relationship him, him or her he's going to feel like this person does not trust him either because his own parents don't trust them right and that's a problematic issue uh that's sorry that's problematic um constant abusers of alcohol and drugs right so if you if you if your household consists of a lot of alcohol and a lot of drugs it's 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 typically a broken home right because there's a reason why you're taking you're drinking a lot of alcohol there's a reason why you're you're drink uh you're you're taking a lot of drugs because there's something that is bothering you that you feel like only alcohol and drugs can fix right so it probably comes from a lot of the miscommunication it probably comes from the abuse it probably comes from the one parent home it comes from a lack of dialogue right all of these things can result to the use and the abuse of alcohol and drugs there's a weak foundation now um this may not be true for everybody but in some cases it is a weak foundation means the family is not built upon um a solid foundation of like god or anything it's built upon only uh, happy times only when there's monetary benefits involved. So your family's only happy when there's money involved, a new home, a vacation, a car, jewelry, clothes, stuff like that. So you guys are only um, uh, having a dialogue when it benefits them. You guys are only talking when um, something good comes out of it. You guys can't talk when it's just to talk. You guys can't. You guys don't know how to converse just to see how each other's doing. You know, and that's another issue. Um, uh, another, you know, let's talk about education. Education uh, in, as a generational curse usually comes from a lack of resources. A lot of our parents come from very um, urban areas where there were no schools around, right? Some of us, we come from countries where school was not an option. Some of us come from areas where school was too far for us to go to, right? So that's a lack of resource. Some of some of our parents never finished. Some of us may have failed a few times and maybe some of our parents just didn't have the interest to go because of all those reasons. So it's like if it's not in our area, if it's not a resource to us, then why am I interested in it anyways? Right. So that's the thing. Now, who is affected? And who is responsible for generational curses? There's enough blame to go around. Right. The longer it prolongs, the more blame will be on the current families. Right. So, of course, the most uh, the most the person who will be affected the most is the most recent uh, the most recent child. Right. The one who was born the most recent in the family at the current moment. Right. Any following generations after that, 
the issue uh any generations after that if the issue is not tackled so if i'm born today well sorry if all right so i'm here now and i and i'm aware that there are family issues that we need to handle we need to fix now if i go ahead and i have a family and i do not work on those problems now my child will be affected by those same problems that i went through because i'm going to be i'm going to um be um, i'll be replicating those same issues that i grew up on and i never took the time out to practice and fix them right um the thing is, the parents of the family, right, they're responsible because the previous generation, uh, the, the, the parents of the family are responsible as well because they never took time out to check themselves, to reflect on themselves. They just went ahead and had a family, right? Also, the oppressors. Now, a lot of us come from um, generations of slavery and racism and oppression, so a lot of our uh, ancestors and our previous generations, they've gone through things where they had to do what they had to do. They were stuck in environments that were not good for them, right? They were stuck in environments that were very toxic and very abusive. When, you know, they, they, they put a lot of black men in jail, so when that black man comes home and they have a child, they're very abusive. You know, they're very um, destructive in a house. And then you have mom who can't raise a family on her own. She may be on drugs and all that stuff gets passed down and passed down and passed down. Right. And you also have things like, um, yeah. And let's, let's, let's talk about the jail thing, right? Jail going to prison is a generational curse as well, because when, you know, in, in, in many families in many neighborhoods and societies, when you go to jail, it's like a honor, a badge of honor, right? It's like a, it's like, it's like, it's like a, it's pretty much, you get celebrated. He's like, oh yeah, he went he went to jail, man. This guy tough. He's tough because he went to jail for like five years, right? So now when when the kids see you, the kids on the block see you, now they're gonna think I have to go to jail when I turn sixteen, seventeen, eighteen every winter or every spring in order for me to get my respect, right? And no one is out there telling them, guys, you this is not required of you in order for you to survive. This is not required of you in order for you to succeed, because obviously they're not succeeding because they're still in the same position every time they come out. Right. So prison is another example of, of a generational curse. Right. So generational curses, they affect society and not the homes um, in the families. Right. They affect society just as much as the homes in the families because those behaviors travel be beyond the home for every generation that decides to delay change. They become part of the problem. They prolong the generational curse and the spiritual imbalance. OK, so all these things that I just discussed, they're generational curses, obviously, because that's what we're talking about. So. Let's talk about um, let's talk about divorce. How does a family um, how does a family get divorced and then allows the next family to divorce and then the next family to divorce and the next one and the next one? Here's the thing. We live in a time right now where a lot of people do not take the time out to know themselves. We live in a generation where a lot of people are very into um trying a lot of people are here to impress others 
A lot of people are trying to meet the, the standards of others. A lot of people have standards that do not really exist. Right? So when it comes to relationships and marriage and dating, we have all these high expectations. And when you marry the person, you realize these people do not meet my unrealistic my unrealistic expectations you now want to divorce them right getting married so quickly and then divorcing so quickly i guarantee you if you ask people if they know themselves in the marriage they won't they don't know themselves most of them people get into marriages without even knowing who they really are all you have to do is ask who is such and such if you can't tell me who you are without having to think about it, you should not be getting married. If you can't tell me who you are from top to bottom, if you got to think about who you are, you should not be getting married to someone else because you don't know who you are. Why are you getting married? To some- Why are you spending the rest of your life with somebody? If you don't know who you are now, ask that person who they are. If that person has to think it's not time to get married yet. I don't think people understand. I think people, the value marriage, the value of marriage has not gone down. Marriage is a very valuable um, thing. Like it, it, it has not depreciated. People just don't realize the value of it. Right, it's not overrated because I know a lot of millennials out here be talking about oh, it's overrated, there's no point of it. No, you guys say things like that because you're scared, you're either scared of getting married, you're still a child. I don't care, some of y'all in your 20s and you're still a child. There's guys out there that still want to do things that I don't know, like y'all still want to, you know, mingle and stuff. That's fine, but there's a deeper meaning to marriage. Again, I brought I brought it up in in the beginning. God. Marriage is not just to marry. There is a purpose behind marriage, just like there is a purpose behind everyone in life. If you're breathing today, you have a purpose. If you're alive today, you have a purpose in life. Your purpose is not your nine nine to five job. Everyone on this earth has a specific agenda that they must do, that they must accomplish before they die. Nipsey Hussle completed his purpose. That was his purpose, right? So, and and RIP to Nipsey Hussle too. That was very tragic. That was very tragic. Um, You know, uh, prayers goes out to his family and his daughter and and, and, um, Lauren London as well. So, but again, purpose if you don't know your purpose if you don't know why you're living you should not be getting married because the reason why you get married is to fulfill the ultimate purpose so you go to somebody you say what are you living for what is your purpose i don't know if someone tells me i don't know i can't marry them they don't know what they're living for if i know what i'm living for then I have to find someone who knows what they're living for. A lot of people are getting married without knowing why they're even alive. So if you don't even know why you're alive, 
why are you even getting married it doesn't make any sense so now it leads to this ongoing cycle right so now you guys are married now you got to backtrack and you divorce you probably have kids already so now your kids done seen you get married and now they're divorced what happens now they get older they get married and then they get divorced because you never taught them that before you get married you should know yourself son or before you get married you should know yourself daughter you feel me like you you have to know these things you have to know these things in order to teach the next child your next generation it's important and one thing we have and one thing that joy mentioned in her um in her comment was um so joy understands that her her family curse is 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 typically divorce right so she mentions how um she says uh let's see where is it she said the only way i know how to fight this curse is to speak the word of god over it speak the truth and stand on what god says what god says about me in a godly relationship i will keep self-reflecting be wise and pay attention to the red flags that occurred and potentially destroyed my predecessor's marriage such as lack of communication selfishness etc so here's the thing you get married you avoid you ignore the red flags right you ignore the red flags because you think this person is good here's the thing you don't even have to be religious in order for God to work with you. God works with everyone. Even if you don't believe in him, he's still working in your life. That is the crazy part, right? Even when you say God does not God is not real. I don't believe in that spiritual stuff. Cool. God is still working with you anyways. So when you see the red flags, that's God telling you you need to leave. But again, He's telling you you should. He's giving you an option, right? God always gives free will. He always gives you a choice. You can leave because if you leave, you'll avoid this. If you stay, you will go through that. But many of you guys like this temporary feeling. And you risk the long-term um, negative effects of it. And that's pro that's a big problem. Why? Because you guys don't know yourselves. Again, you don't know who you are. You don't know what you're willing to accept. You don't know what you really like. You don't even know how to break a generational curse. So you're going through all that. Right? So we talked about who is affected. Now, how do we break generational curses now shout out to my cousin duke right and he basically broke it down like this taking the steps to break them you must realize that you will need to step out of your comfort zone and stay out of it and he's right anything that involves changing breaking avoiding it all has to do with your comfort zone. Many of us are still in our generational curses because we're so comfortable in them. 
it's like I know this is very bad. I know this is problematic. I know this is not good, but I'm very comfortable. I spend money a lot, but I'm comfortable doing it. I can't save money because I spend a lot, but I'm very comfortable doing it. Because the comfort zone of that, the comfort zone that you have to get out of when it comes to changing your finances includes not spending money on expensive things anymore. The $300 that you would usually use to go buy some shoes, you have to now save it in your savings account. But that's so uncomfortable for you because it's like, well, I want to buy the shoes, but it's like, what about your savings? The comfort zone that you have to get out of when it comes to communication is saying the first word in dialogue. Hey, how's it going? Even if they don't respond. The comfort zone that you have to get out of when it comes to quitting um, quit, quitting drugs or um, removing alcohol is literally stopping the first time. The first day. It feels very weird. Of course, it's supposed to be weird because you're not used to doing it. But there is a long term. Um, there is a long term benefit into doing all of those things. The long term benefit from putting the money you spend on things you don't need into a savings account every two weeks or every month is that you'll have more money that you had ever in your life. And that money you can use for emergencies, that money you can use for investments, you can put it down for a loan, whatever. You can put it down for for a mortgage, a car, whatever. Things you were never able to do those first like 25 years of your life. Now that you learn how to do it, guess what? You can teach your kids how to do it. Because kids mock, kids copy. So if you're someone who spends money and spends money and spends money and spends money and spends money, Guess what? They're going to spend money just as much. But if you're a parent that saves money and saves money and saves money and invests and saves and invests, your kids are going to do it with no problem. It won't be an issue where they got to get out their comfort zone because you took the time out to get out your comfort zone first. So they don't have to worry about that. The benefit of quitting the abuse of drugs and alcohol is you have a healthier and longer life. Of course, you have to be uncomfortable for those first three to six months. Because for the next five to ten years, you'll be healthier. Your family will see you more often. That's the thing. Now, why should we be caring about generational curses? I know a lot of people will probably be like, this stuff is fake. This is just life. This is the way it is. Really? Really? This is the way it is. You guys would rather accept how things are than to try to change them to live a better life for yourself? So you're telling me if you if you guys were never able to have financial structure in your household, you would never try to bother to fix that? If your family has always been alcohol abusers, you would never try to fix that. If your family lacked communication, you you would never try to fix fix that. You would never try in your mind and say something needs to change. If your family sucks in relationships and always divorcing, you would never try to figure out why. 
This is why we're talking about generational curses. Because these are all problems that can be fixed. It rebuilds family structure. It affects the outcome of society. Because again, like I mentioned, if you can fix the issues in your house, you begin to fix the issues outside of the house. Everyone wants to fix society outside, but ask people what's really going on in their their home and they'll tell you they don't want to talk about it. It starts with home first. If you can't fix what's going on in your home, how do you expect to fix things that are going on outside? And it helps reinstall the value of family. We need to value family. The only way we value family is by showing them we care about the family. How do you show people that you care about family? You show them that you care about their problems. If if our previous generation never went to school, they never learned, they never experienced how to do specific things, it would be selfish of us who did who has gone to school to keep all that information away from them. So if you're a finance major, or a business major and your family was never taught how to how to uh, control their finances you should be talking to your parents you should be talking to your siblings you should be talking to your aunts and uncles and you say hey this is what I learned in college split your paychecks have them open some bank accounts show them how to invest little by little and now you have multiple people in your family that know how to do money what else? You learn, you teach them how to open a business. You teach them how to run one. Because you went to school for it. Now the same knowledge that you learned, that you paid for, you're now giving it back to people that weren't able to learn and pay for it. That's family. But of course, sometimes we have these issues where family's not trying to hear it, etc., etc. You, as the most recent generation... You, as the one who has the better understanding of people, should always try. Do not ever give up on your family. Because that's another form of comfort zone. You need to get out your comfort zone. I know they're going to be like, oh, who do you think you are? Fine. You have to plant the seed. You have to water your plant every day. Your, your, your family is your plant. You need, you, need, you need to plant them every single day. Because... You don't know. Maybe a couple of them, they might just listen to you on the first day. But then you'll have a few who um, it'll take them some days. Some It'll take them some months, maybe a year before they listen to you. Right. And that's OK. But that's why we should care about breaking these generational curses. Because once you teach them all these little, um, these valuable things that you've learned, they're going to go out into the world and teach somebody else. They're going to talk to people about how great you are as a person because of what you've learned in college or what you've learned in trade school, what you've learned amongst your network and your friends and your community. It's important. Now, what, what are the effects? What are some of the effects of generational curses? Right. So what I'm asking is what happens in a house when all of these things are going on? 
Some people break away from their families. Simple as that. Some people say, you know what? I'm not dealing with this. When I have my money, when I get older, I'm out. I'm gone. And to be honest with you, you can't blame them for that. They break away from the family. They start their own family and they do things their way. They have no interest in holding communication with them uh, because of how dysfunctional they are. I cannot blame people for that because sometimes family is the worst in your life. They're the worst people to deal with. And it's very difficult. Some people move move out of the house sooner than they should have. They leave with the same family traits and they suffer with the same problems. Just in a different location. So moving away is never always a good idea. Especially if you still picked up the same traits as the people you don't like. There's, re- there's repeated action. So the eff- again, we've talked about the effects. If you're someone, if if someone in your family repeatedly goes to jail, guess what? Whoever's that, whoever that young bull is in the house, they're gonna be going to jail too, because that's what they see. If it's an abusive household, if dad is beating mom, and there's a son in the house, then that son, when he has his girlfriend, his wife, or whatever, he'll be beating her too. And in that same instance, if there's a daughter seeing this, she's going to accept that in her relationship, which means she's going to think I have to get beat by my man. I've, I see it all the time on Twitter. Some women want that. And I hope one day they realize that's not okay. There's sex offender cycles. Some of you guys have to pay real close attention to your family members. Because that's another generational curse. If your uncle, there's that uncle, that one uncle out there that's touching your child. That affects your child. Now your child becomes that uncle when they get older. Right? That's very, very scary. In a life of debt and financial struggle. At some point, someone has to say, we're spending too much money that we don't have. That's an uncomfortable statement to make in front of your family. But who else would you rather say it in front of your family? Or would you tell someone that you don't know that? I'd rather tell my family first. We're spending too much money we don't have. Can we try to like save, please? Most of the time, you can't buy a house, your family can't buy a house because they're not saving any. They're not saving any money. Most of the time, you guys can't go on a family vacation because you guys are spending too much on things you don't need. You have to learn how to um, communicate. All of these things starts with communication. Right. So why do people refuse to break generational curses? Well, usually most most you guys, most of you guys, you're not man enough. You're not man or woman enough to break a generational curse. You're too soft. Change is not for the weak. 
Most of you are followers instead of leaders. There needs to be a leader in the family household. And usually the person who's supposed to be the leader leaves. If you're a young guy and you're listening to this and your dad is not in your house and he left, you need to take charge of your family. You are now the leader. Some of you guys are just too soft in order to change the cycle that is tearing your family apart. And that just might be the case. Maybe your son will be a better man than you. Maybe your daughter will be a better woman than you. Most of you are more invested in trends and clout and not building a solid foundation. Most of you cannot admit when you're in a toxic environment. Most of you are afraid of change. Most of you are afraid that what if this happens? What if that happens? Uh, I can tell you what, ha- what will happen if you stay in this position. Most of you would rather suffer in comfort. And most of you pretend like you don't know, but you do know. That's why most people refuse to break generational curses. It's crazy out here. Like, I know I have a lot of things I need to work on. When my dad left, I was like, okay, first of all, you left the whole family, right? And now you want to be, you want to be a part of the life here and there. Da, da, da. Bruh, if you leave, leave. You, you can't have one foot in, one foot out. And then I told myself, I'll be damned if I leave my family. I'll be damned if I leave my kids. I'll be damned if I leave my wife doing all the work and raising my kids while I'm out here doing nothing, living my life, acting like I ain't got none. I'll be damned. Right? Because what I went through, I would not want my kids to go through that. That's selfish. I would like my son to have father-son time. You know, I would like to talk. I would like to talk to my daughter to teach her about principles and morals. Some people don't understand why it's so important to stay in their kids' lives. They just think, ah, I don't know. They act like it's a school project. You just give up. It's not a school project. This is real life. This is real life. I told myself when I have kids, I'll make sure I'm open with them. They'll know my mistakes. They will know what I've done because I don't want them to do it. I don't want them to repeat the same mistakes I did. One thing as parents, we try to be too controlling of our kids. We don't give them enough freedom to live their lives. And it ends up um, backfiring. Kids want to leave so soon because in the house, they have no freedom. They have no say. It's like you can't talk. You don't work. What? I can't talk because I don't work. I can't have an opinion because I don't work. 
I can't say anything because I don't work. If that was the case, then God should not have given me a mouth until I worked, right? And we should not treat our family like that. We shouldn't treat our kids like that. That's a slave master mentality, right? Um, another thing was ignoring our kids, ignoring kids when they when when they are down, when they're depressed. It's like, why are you depressed? Uh, you don't work. All you do is go to school. Um, school does cause depression, especially if you're not doing well in certain subjects. And they didn't they don't understand that. So as the current generation that understand these things, it is my obligation to make sure that they don't repeat when I have my kids, when I have my family. I'll make sure I communicate. I know how to handle confrontation with my wife. I'll know how to um, be open with my kids. I'll know how to spend time with them. One of my goals in life is to, uh, this is probably the biggest one, make sure that I have my own business. I have my own life and purpose. Again, this is why knowing your purpose in life is so important. Okay. I don't want to work a nine to five and try to raise kids because if I'm working a nine to five, the only time I'm going to see my kids is on the weekends. Why am I only spending time with my seed on the weekends? Because they're going to school and I'm going to work because I have a nine to five. Now, I'm not knocking anybody who has a nine to five. I'm telling you from my personal understanding, from my vision for myself, I need to have a life where I can spend time with my kids before they go to school, after they go to school, because I'm the most important person in their life. I want to be the person that raises my child the right way. I want to understand my child 100%. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is by having my own wealth not depending on another person to give me my money. I can go on vacation when I want with my kids and my, and my wife because I have my own business. I can go on winter break vacation with my kids because I have my own business. I can go on spring break vacation with my kids because I have my own business. I want to do those things, Right? Because I, I, I never experienced those things as a child. My parents weren't able to do that. My mother wasn't able to do that for me. And I'm not, I'm not you know, knocking her for not being able to do that. What I'm saying is, since I wasn't able to do that, I wouldn't want my kids not being able to go through that. I want my kids to explore the world. You know? I want them to see the different countries, the different states... I want them to go through different areas and stuff like that. That's all. But the only way I feel like they'll be able to do that while I'm still a, a parent in their lives, like literally a parent, not just a dad or a father. I want to be a parent. And to be a parent, it's like being there 24-7. Of course, 
you know, as they get older, you won't need to do that. You won't need to be there all the time. But I believe in the earlier stages of their lives, you, you want to be around your kids as much as possible. You want them to be familiar with you because you want to be familiar with them. If you're always working during your the early stages of your child's life, how do you how do you expect to know them? Because you're only you're spending time, you're spending as as much time as you can with the little time that you have, right? So now you're trying to squeeze all this time. And then you got to go to bed and get ready for work and and all this stuff, right? So for me, my life is more about preparing for and preparing to have kids. So when I do have them, I have all the time in the world to spend with them. Okay? So for my final say on generational curses, again, some of y'all aren't spiritual. And generational curses are a spiritual imbalance. Generational curses, and I'm going to tell you why. Here's why generational curses are spiritual imbalances. They are passed down from generation to generation. How do you think your family, how do you think you're suffering from this so much? How is it that the last five generations of your family is going through has gone through divorce? How how do you how do you think the last 10 generations of your family have all been in prison? You think it's just like that? No, it's a spiritual imbalance that's going on in your family and you and you have to handle that. How do you handle it? One, you have to admit that there's an issue. Two, you have to let God control your life. Three, you need to know what your purpose is in life. Four, you need to learn how to communicate with your family. Tell them what's up. Tell them you are willing to help this family change. Because the thing is, we have a lot of people on the outside of our families that's trying to fix our families. Only people that can change the family is the person who is in the family. You have to be patient with your family. All right. So, again, everything I said here, um, it's all from my understanding. It's all from my perspective. It's all, and it's all from love. It's all from love, right? Um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Nabra Talk. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can leave comments um, below. Make sure you guys stay tuned. We are always doing um, questions before we release some episodes. So make sure you guys are on the lookout for that. You can follow me on Twitter. I don't really, I, I do some stuff here and there. I post here and there. So Gene the Genius, that's J-E-E-N-T-H-E-J-E-E-N-I-U-S. Have a wonderful day, you guys, and I'll see you guys next time.